Rent the Runway is exiting its unlimited subscription model, reacting to changing trends, aka the COVID-19 crisis. What do consumers want? They got to figure it out and they're trying. We're going to handicap the situation, give our own opinions and talk about it with our special guest co-host, alumna Chelsea Brennan of Smart Money Mamas. It is Wednesday, September 23rd. Let's talk money with our friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown up kitchen in New York City. And I'm Chelsea Brennan from Smart Money Mamas, coming to you from my home office where I hope my toddlers do not pop in. Yes, yes, absolutely. We're so happy to have you here, Chelsea. We love talking to you on Tuesday's show about the stock market and how the election may or may not impact it. Now we're going to be talking about something that was a big part of my life, not so much of your life. We're going to be talking about Rent the Runway. Rent the Runway is such an amazing business model. It was so cool to watch it grow and the things it did. And these are some big changes we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. Let's see which one of our friends is going to bring us into the show. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show. P.E. ratios, stock purchase plans, we must be preparing for another episode of Money with Friends. All right. Our headline is from Fast Company. It is by Elizabeth Sagran. It is Rent the Runway Cuts Unlimited Subscription Model. Customers didn't actually take advantage of unlimited offerings, hinting at a lack of interest in constantly changing trends. Chelsea, take it. If you could wear an unlimited number of outfits by top designers for $159 a month, would you do it? According to Rent the Runway, just 6% of its unlimited swap subscribers rented 16 or more items each month. That's why today the company announced that it's sunsetting its unlimited plan, which it first introduced five years ago. Customers will now have the option of ordering four, eight, or 16 items a month delivered in one to four shipments depending on the plan. The new plan will go into effect in early 2021, but for now, the company is no longer accepting new unlimited members. According to the founder and CEO, Jen Hyman, the company began working on this new membership structure 18 months ago, long before COVID-19 arrived. The unlimited plan appealed to Rent the Runway's early adopters who tended to be fashion-forward coastal millennials, but as the company broadened its membership base to include women of all ages across the country, it became clear that the majority largely wanted a handful of new looks each month. Hyman says the lockdowns have made consumers even less sensitive to fashion trends, apparel sales are at an all-time low, and many retailers have declared bankruptcy. This evolution in membership wasn't precipitated by COVID, but the pandemic has made it more apt, Hyman says. Still, Hyman doesn't believe that fashion is dying. After months of almost exclusively renting loungewear and activewear, Rent the Runway has started to see an uptick in customers renting bolder and trendier pieces. They're picking tropical prints, tie-dye, and saturated hues from fashion-forward designers such as Rosie, Asulin, and Ula Johnson. There's also been a 30% spike in formal wear, suggesting that some people are starting to attend weddings and parties. What women are renting is an indicator of what women are doing with their lives, Hyman says. In many ways, Rent the Runway has become a bellwether of women's psychology when it comes to dressing. Yeah, I want to come back to that line because it is a bellwether of what's going on. Um, The company's new membership model is a direct response to that psychology and offers some insight into consumers' evolving relationship with fashion. For decades, fast fashion brands such as Forever 21, H&M, and Zara have dominated the industry, offering cheap knockoffs of runway looks that customers could throw away after a few wears. This approach to manufacturing clothes is an environmental disaster and fills the planet with toxic chemicals and microplastics. 
Rent the Runway's unlimited plan offered an alternative by allowing customers to wear trendy looks without actually buying them, which some sustainability experts say is more sustainable since each garment gets more use before the end of its life cycle. Although shipping and laundering these garments do create their own environmental footprint. Over the last five years, fast fashion brands have been struggling, suggesting that their business proposition is less compelling, possibly because consumers are concerned about their environmental impact. Last year, Forever 21 declared bankruptcy, while H&M has seen declining profits and plans to shutter 160 stores. Hyman says that 70% of unlimited subscribers rented fewer than eight items a month, supporting the idea that consumers aren't interested in constantly wearing the latest trends. Under the new system, these members will save money since it will cost $135 to rent eight monthly items. The vast majority of our subscribers will pay less with the new system, says Hyman. Okay, first of all, I need to say something and then I want to hear what Chelsea has to say. Eight items a month, I think, is a lot. That is a lot. There's only, yeah, they're saying rented fewer than eight, but like, that's still a lot. Like, because you had 20 work days when we were going to work. So as someone that was a really active subscriber, I mean, you're, you could send back only one piece at a time or two pieces or three pieces or four pieces. You got four, you could have four in your possession. So I was constantly receiving where one day, send it back constantly. So I might have only gotten through eight a month, but still, I mean, because it takes a few days to get it there and get it back. I think people were using it. But what do you think, Chelsea? So I am so not Rent the Runway's target customer. So this hoodie that I'm wearing is pretty much my standard outfit. But so explain to me how this worked before, Bobby. So you would get one item at a time only before? No, you were allowed to have possession of up to four items. So okay. basically I could have four items in my closet and I could send back one, two, three, or four at a time. And so I might look at my calendar and say, okay, I have, you know, three book parties next week. And so, and I wouldn't have three book parties, but I would have three to four events a week that I would be mm-hmm. getting dressed for. And I might get a blouse and earrings for the Monday thing. And then it would, and I would have two things for the Tuesday thing, let's say. And then I would send back the Monday things first thing Tuesday morning before the pickup. Like I knew when the pickup was, and then immediately get them back. Or I would even go in New York city. There's an in-person one. I might even take the subway down and spend an hour round tripping it so I could check it in right away, possibly get something in these walk in the retail store that they had or in the retail store, immediately order it so that if the order, if I returned it by, let's say, you know, at right at 9am and I got my order at 930, I would have something sometimes that night or the next morning. Mm-hmm. So I was a huge user of it because I was promoting a book. I give a lot of speeches. I do appearances. I moderate conferences. And this was a way, frankly, at 159 a month, that was a lot less than what I would spend to purchase outfits or be constantly repeating outfits because an average item of clothing, let's see, a dress from, you know, Diane von Furstenberg might be $350. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge money saver. But what I don't miss is the hecticness of it. It was so yeah. hectic. It was a lot of work. Well, and it brings up a good point too, that you're you're New York based, you're on media, you are an author. And so when they talked early in the article about how the majority of their early customers were coastal, um, and now they're trying to talk across the country, I think that probably most people in the US will use four to eight items a month, right? They'll use that lower number. And then there will be some people that 6% that was using more than 16 items a month who might be disappointed about the change. But in general, I don't think 
It sounds like Rent the Runway's really done their research about what the usage was. The question I always have with these things is, do people stay subscribed when they don't get that unlimited, even if they weren't using the unlimited? It's like a mental thing of like, but I could have gotten all the outfits that I wanted and right. can't anymore. Well, that's what I feel. I feel like I also was on this sort of treadmill that I'm relieved not to be on. And I did pause my membership when COVID-19 happened in March. We went mm-hmm. out, we lived in the suburbs for a while, and I did immediately pause my membership. And I have not gone back on because frankly, I don't have anywhere to go in those outfits anymore. So I don't know whether I'll go back or not. Um, But I also feel that it was so hectic. I just don't even want that, the constant feeling because psychologically for me, I think that looking back, I didn't enjoy the pressure to get the most for my money. And that's the way my mind works is part of it wasn't even that I needed to wear a different outfit for each thing. It's that, well, if you're paying the money, you want, it's almost like a beat the system thing where you want to get it and you're looking and you're, it almost became like a gamification because you're looking at what's the newest outfit and can you get it first? And it just, it was exhausting. So I think that sounds it. Yeah, as a former heavy user, I think that they're on to something. And I think as one of our members of our audience here, Lori is pointing out, joining us live on Facebook, that it is interesting that they were working on this beforehand. They have, by the way, they have so much data. I've seen um, some of the marketing people speak at one of these events I went to in person. Um, This one was at Luminary, um, which is a workspace that I'm a member of in New York City. They also have an online digital community. And she talked about the fact that in addition to their actual, you know, the clothing rental business, they are an enormous data research company because they have this information from their users and they can tell retailers, well, our users didn't like this because they felt the fabric was too thin or they didn't like the cut. So it's huge. Um, what do you think, though? They also talk about the fact that it's it was marketed as more sustainable, but in fact, you have all this mailing going back and forth and all this dry cleaning. That'll be lower under the new system. Yeah, I think that that's a great perk. I think a lot of people did come to Rent the Runway initially to save money to not buy those outfits, but also because we heard more and more about the negative impact of fast fashion. And so people were trying to make an environmental choice, but shipping obviously has a huge carbon footprint and dry cleaning as well with the dry cleaning chemicals. And I, so I think them being able to say like, we're trying to cut down on that. We're trying to limit, um, will also help keep some of those environmentally focused customers. We did ask our Instagram audience at money friends pod. Do you think clothing rental services like the rent, the runway will have a comeback? What do you think our money friends said? I think they said yes, but I'm horrible at guessing these things. (laughs) No, you're not horrible at them. It was a pretty even split and they did only look only 43% said yes. That makes me sad because I am rooting for rent the runway. Um, 57% said no, but I think that they, my personal opinion is they might, they're, they're evolving. And I think that's a smart thing to do. I think that there's always going to be a demand, especially at some point. I mean, you mentioned, even though you haven't been a heavy user like me, you have used them for special occasions. Would you use it for a special occasion again? Oh, Absolutely. I think it's been a perfect, it's always been a perfect fit for me for those special occasions because I don't need to own those outfits. Like I'm not, I'm never going to get the use out of them. And so it was way better for me to go in and use, you know, a one-off order. We'll definitely do that again. Yeah. And we do have a comment, by the way, a follow-up on our Instagram audience saying they provide too much value to people that use them. They'll come back. So we are definitely rooting for them. What do you think about, I mean, how can people apply this lesson to their own lives when you have something that is go, 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 go. Everything looks like it's in step. And, And as we know, to be fair, they were planning this change beforehand, but they've been hit by the change in lifestyle from COVID. I mean, how can people apply what they're doing, this pivot to their own lives? 
I think it's a matter of paying attention to what you really need and what the value is. And I think this comes up in budgeting a lot, right? Where we spend money and we think that it's a necessary part. And it's not until we really go back and look and say, okay, but how do I feel when I buy this thing that I think is a necessary part of my life? Is it a good addition? And being able to cut it when you realize that it's just become automatic. And I think that Rent the Runway, in a way to attract customers early on, had this unlimited model and people were really trying to get the most value out of it, right? And so they were hustling around and Rent the Runway had to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, how do we stick to our environmental impact and make sure our customers are getting the use that they want? And so I think this change might be a little bit of a shock to people, um, but it doesn't sound like it's going to change anybody's usage. Yeah, Sarah in our YouTube audience has a comment here. She says no, she hasn't. She's not a clothing renter, but she hasn't bought many new clothes since the pandemic. But she says I feel a shopping backlash coming because my clothes are looking pretty tired, and that's an interesting point because these things do go in cycles. I mean, we all kind of stop shopping for clothing other than maybe some sweats and le- leisure wear, athleisure, loungewear, whatever. Do you feel like there's going to be this rush to get dressed up again? I think, yeah, I think that first couple of months, especially when we're going out and seeing friends that maybe we haven't seen in a long time or we're catching up on some of those events. I know a lot of weddings have been delayed because of the coronavirus. And so I do think there'll be a little bit of an uptick in in clothing afterwards. Um, By the way, we, um, oh, this is cute. We did ask our audience also if they had our our Instagram audience, which again, please follow us at Muddy Friends Pod. We asked them what their advice would be to... um, to rent the runway. And I like this one um, from Money Polls. It says, rent outfits with a bonus matching mask. People will post cute mask mask selfies all over social. I mean, that's kind of an interesting thing. Like, I don't know. I think at first when people talked about fashionable masks, people were offended because this is a very serious disease. But then people thought, well, wait, especially with children, if we make them interesting and fun, that will encourage more people to wear them. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that I think things have shifted. I think we're now like going to the store and like noticing who has interesting and fun masks. I know it's been fun for our boys. My four-year-old has a Spider-Man mask that he has no problem wearing. He loves it. So I I like that idea. That's cute. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I would not be surprised, but I mean, I don't know. Masks are not very expensive, so it's kind of a strange things to rent, but maybe they'll just throw them in as bonuses. But then again, I've rented small accessories that don't cost that much money, and then you can actually purchase it after you rent it if you want for not that much money. So I don't know. I think we'd have to throw it in. I think I'd be nervous about a used mask. That doesn't seem like it's serving, even if it was cleaned. Yeah, I wonder, that's actually a really great idea is just to give them away. Yeah. That, you know, you could, maybe you have 10 shades of masks and if you're on their highest plan or something, you get a free mask with every order. I don't know. Maybe Rent the Runway is listening and they're getting ideas from us. I don't know. All right. Speaking of ideas, I want you to be thinking about your takeaway and I'm going to be giving people some investment ideas. Let's talk about our takeaways, Chelsea. I'm very interested in what you're going to say because you had a good perspective, especially on how people can apply this to their own lives. Yeah, I think my big takeaway here is actually just about big growing venture capital businesses. And I really like that Rent the Runway has paid so much attention to data here, has gone back to the drawing board. I think sometimes we see these small companies blow up and it ends up hurting them long term, right? Because they get too big too fast. And I like that the runway paid attention to how their users were uh, using their product and are ready to go back to the drawing board and make a shift. I hope that it works out for them. 
I like that. I am, you know what? I'm so glad that you said that. Um, we all hope it works out for them. They are, you know, first of all, by the way, they're female founded um, and they really innovated an industry. They created an industry where a lot yeah. of people were skeptical, especially when they first came on the scene with special occasion dressing. People didn't think that, you know, pe- the general public would be into this whole concept of just renting clothing and sending it back and all that. So I am rooting for them and I hope consumers buy in. They literally, like I said, created a business that did not exist. Now they have to pivot based on data beforehand, which we did not know before this article. I thought this just came out of nowhere because of the COVID thing, that it wasn't based on other things that they were seeing. But also, of course, COVID exacerbated the problem. Um, We can all relate. We all got whacked by this virus and all have to make changes. So I really admire that they're taking it in stride, coming up with new approaches, and we can all learn from them and apply it creatively to our own lives. Speaking of our own lives, you've got just a few things going on in your life, my friend. I do. We're preparing for our second annual Mama's Talk Money Summit, which is an online conference, which is always an online conference, even before the coronavirus. Um, And that's coming up October 12th. So people can get their free tickets to that at mamastalkmoney.com. And you're speaking there, Bobby, about how to raise financial grownups. Absolutely. And actually, you can learn more about it and support our show by going to moneywithfriendspodcast.com forward slash mamas talk money. Um, and you can also learn on our website more about Chelsea and all of our alums. Um, I'm so excited about the summit because it's me and Glennon Doyle hanging out. We also have a bunch of our money friends, um, alums. Well, we have Jamila is speaking there. Um, who else is speaking there? Give us some more names. I'm, oh, yes. Uh, Amanda Holden, who's, uh, we should have her on here. We, she's been on Financial Grown Up, my other podcast. She's wonderful. She is um, wonderful. Cara Perez, also Cara been Perez. on Financial Grown Up. Um, who else? Give us a few more names. Sure, yeah. So Tiffany Alicia from The Budget Nista is going to be there. Uh, Patrice Washington from Redefining Wealth. Uh, Rosemary Groner from The Busy Budgeter. So many amazing, <laughs> there's so many amazing speakers. We could go on and on. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, we have over 45 speakers, so we won't go through the whole list. No, we won't go through the whole list, but go to moneywithfriendspodcast.com forward slash mamas talk money to get more information about that. And also you can find out, like I said, more information about Chelsea, all of our alums, and soon you will also get a preview of our next season. We're going to be announcing our next season's cast. We have amazing people that will be joining us as we always do. Um, So make sure to do that and follow us. I got to do our plugs, Chelsea. So my plugs are Instagram at moneyfriendspod. That's also our Twitter handle at moneyfriendspod. And please join us on YouTube. Subscribe to search for Money With Friends. And on our YouTube we have links to the articles that we discussed so you can read. We don't always have time to read the whole article. So go to the YouTube channel, Money with Friends, and you can get that there. Chelsea, say your handles. I don't think we did that yet. Uh, I'm at Smart Money Mamas across platforms. Come follow me on Instagram and you can find our podcast at the Smart Money Mama Show. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. This was great. All right. Joe will be back with a surprise alum uh, co-host on tomorrow's show. Thanks, everyone. Bye. show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends, LLC, copyright 2020. 
For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.